You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I got all pumped uh, last week because this big snowstorm came in. I'm like, there's no way. That, that's got to be it, right? Like, there's no way there's going to be another snowstorm while we're driving up to Gaos. <laughs> Dan sends me and Erica this screenshot last night of the weather, and it's like this band that's running. If I were to draw a line from here to, to <laughs> Pennsylvania, that's right the path. Straight through it. It's <laughs> like a snow tunnel. And I'm not worried about this yet. Dan, I, I think – Dan is a bit of a worry wart, and I'm like the total opposite of this. To where like I I I am so positive something good will happen. That's the founder, I, man. Like that's, I, that's what it is. It's a problem. startup founder. I, founder. I I talked to a lady one time who's done a bunch of research into entrepreneurs, and she says you literally have a risk assessment like cross wiring. It's like Alec Honnold. Have you seen yeah. her Alex Honnold or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So I think like being a founder proves that you have risk assessment issues. So Dan is is ready to. I, I, he he says he has a spreadsheet with graphs. On oh, it, on he's it. gonna pitch you an idea today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't tell me what it was over Slack, but he says he has an idea. Uh, but he sends this, and I'm like, we're gonna be fine. I mean, like, what's the worst that could happen? And then Erica starts telling the stories this morning, and she's talking about all the crazy stuff oh, she's yeah. seen in car wrecks. And and you know, I uh, it's it's not quelled my optimism yeah. yet. But <laughs> Brad, um, before I went to bed last night, Tim goes. Huh, we're supposed to get three to six inches of, of snow on Thursday. And I said, oh, cool, great. I don't love snow, but okay, good night. And I went to sleep. And then I woke up at 3.30 this morning, You're and like, I have oh, not God. slept since because I freaked out knowing that we are going to be driving in it. No, I think I think you're right. I think we'll leave um, Wednesday now and we're just gonna we're gonna my parents travel very different than me and we used to do this as a kid and like they just go and hope they'll find somewhere to stay and i don't do that anymore i get anxiety about that i like to know where i'm gonna stay yeah. <laughs> like because wait they would just like they did we hey did, there's a red roof in we would just we would know our destination was this hotel in texas or florida and we would just start driving and we would have something for when we get there but not along but, the way but like the number of times that we would well back and i think it was more common when I was growing up, yeah. but even now when it's so easy to just book something online, yeah, they just travel everywhere and it's like, they just kind of go and yeah. pop where they stop where they want to stop. And they're like tumbleweed in the wind. <laughs> and I am not that when I travel, uh, I like to just 
know, you know, roughly when we're going to get there, how much time we're going to have, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like the, the new answer is to play it by year on Wednesday, leave as soon as we can, and just start making headway into the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. Mm. Less stress. Yeah. Less stress. And uh, the other thing the other thing that Dan is incredibly <laughs> stressed about and has been talking to me about for months is trying to let him drive his truck. And I told him last night, because he doesn't think it's going to fit. I think Dan likes control. I, and if he's I, well, I don't think I he likes Dan. Can I don't we just get that out there? He's no. the worst. Dan's Dan, the worst. if you're watching, we actually don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan is is uh, very – he's not controlling. I don't think it's about that. I think it's like he likes options. Because one of the things he said last night, he's like, well, that way if one of us goes in a ditch, we have another out. I'm like, dude, you were operating on a new level of, of like, we're going to drive – how many miles is this? Like 500 miles? You're going to take your car – truck for 500 miles just in case i end up in a ditch if i end up in a ditch with the trailer we're screwed no matter what yeah like, there is like, no there, there is no show no, no the show must go on then, like <laughs> we'll carry on without you. he doesn't worry. have a winch we're not pulling this trailer out of a ditch <laughs> if we end up in the ditch though he was like well he said something like well, very, now he's got to bring a winch he, he said, said something about toe or well he said something very like dan of like well if you end up in the crevasse or something i was like <laughs> what <laughs> So, so anyways, uh, we're going to, after we finish this episode, actually, we're going to go and start packing up. And I told Dan, and Jacob totally got this, and Donovan did too. And Braden nodded just from your experience with your dad. Mm -hmm. I said, you don't understand. There's a challenge on the table here right now. I'm going to make this work. It is going to fit. Like, I'm I'm not going to give up. There's a moment in your daddom. Yeah. When you you get all those kids out for the first time, you got two of them. It's, it's the two is the trick. You don't do this with one. Like we used to drive a Forester around with one kid. You could th- do whatever. You get two for some reason. The tri- like the the flip over to two. You got mm-hmm. a bigger car when you got two. Yeah. And it's like holy crap. Why? Like you get two kids, but it doesn't just multiply the crap. It quadruples. It. <laughs> yeah. Because one of them is naturally a baby that first beach trip, and babies they they travel hard. Like yeah. there's so much crap. Yeah. And and every that those first few years before we got a van, we'd line out all the stuff. My wife's like, "It ain't gonna fit. It ain't gonna fit." And I'm like, "Oh, you watch." Personal mm-hmm. challenge. It's, it is a personal challenge. And Braden even said that his dad, like, you you would put a bag in, and his dad would pull it back out because he has his way of doing yep. it. So no, no, same that's way. not yeah. gonna work. Set that's it on the driveway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't put it in. So so but that's Dan's what's not a dad. No, that's what we're does, saying. That's what I'm he saying. He doesn't like, have that you know, special skill that you get whenever you become a father. That's right. Like me, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. So it's it's getting ready to be Tetris up in here. Um, so if you're coming, uh, w- this will launch while we're up there, right? So, yep. so if you're um, in the Pennsylvania area, the, this uh, we we are at Gaios right now. Mm-hmm. When you're Gaios. listening to this, unless you're listening to this in like, you know, May, because you just found out about the show. <laughs> but uh, come to Pennsylvania in May. Yeah, next year <laughs> probably be a lot year. nicer than February sixth. So I'll uh, we're gonna be up there the fifth through the rest of the show. So come out booth 412. Mm-hmm. Um, we got uh, everybody here is gonna be there plus Dan. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, Blah. I'll tell you what Daisy's Poor gonna Dan. be there, so you don't come. <laughs> we, we we do love Dan, uh, ye, ye old musket loader. That's uh, right, Dan. The musket loader. Yeah, so if you haven't seen that episode, go check out Deer Dan. Slayer. Uh What'd you guys do this weekend besides stress out about dying? Mm-hmm. Besides stress out about dying, I went uh, uh, impromptu squirrel and rabbit hunting. What'd you take? Mm. Well, so you shotgun, I guess. If you went rabbit hunting too, I didn't know you were uh, rabbit. Well, hunting. so I took a twenty-two because the original plan was squirrel hunting, and then. And I, d- I don't have like a 410 or mm-hmm. anything. I just have a 12 gauge. Um, so I was just like 
rolling along with Phil. He brought his 410. Um, but yeah, we went out to a couple of different spots on public land, uh, and like, I think it was six degrees when we got out there, which the Northern people are going to make fun of me. I was talking to, I don't know. Six degrees is pretty cold. It was cold. I've, I've deer hunted in six, that, that range. And it's, ooh. yeah, that's what I told Phil. I was like, I'm maxed out. I can't, I don't have any more gear to get. Like if it gets below this ever, like I can't go. But squirrel like, hunting's is nice. Cause you can move. You're moving the whole time. And we didn't have dogs obviously. So we were just like walking through fields. It was like rabbit, rabbit hunt, squirrel hunt, and like deer scouting trip. Cause we went to like all places that we deer hunt. Did and you we, even see a rabbit? Yeah, we saw two rabbits. Uh, No, one of them. So, like, we would walk through brush. So, like, we're like, okay, this is probably a good spot where they'll be hanging out. I would go on one side. He would go on the other. And, like, we kind of, like, weave in and out of the brush to, like, kick him up or whatever. And the one he had run in front of him just, like, was super fast. And, like, he couldn't even get his gun at it quick enough. So It it is very hard without dogs. I've done it a couple times. And. They are they are gone because you're in the freaking brush. Yeah, with, like that's the hard part. And and they won't they will let you get incredibly close before they move. That's what he was saying. It's, it's, it's deceiving. Like you don't realize. You think like oh this with this table, this table is what fifteen feet long. Yeah. You think you're gonna stop down here when you first start doing it, and they would run out there. They won't move yeah. until you're on them. Yeah, that's what because they think you can't see them. Yeah, he like he took off one time like five feet from me, and where I was standing, we had one jet like it was just hanging out we were both standing there it was just hanging out probably 10 feet away and then once he got about five feet from it it like bolted and again like had a shooting window like do you ever do you have a lot of rabbits in your neighborhood uh no i've noticed this even like in our neighborhood i just you're always thinking about hunting and i've noticed just like to watch how close they'll let you get if Mm. they're sitting in like they think you can't see them so it's it's like insane Mm. how patient they are how yeah. do dogs help like aren't don't the dogs scare well, them before you them. get close they can smell them and you're not the the dogs are trained to move them towards you oh okay okay or, or like to keep them moving and i i haven't hunted with dogs but from what from talking to people like marcus mm-hmm. um th- typically they'll run a, a circle except for who was it telling us about the swamp rabbits the other day? oh matt mitchell. Oh, oh, matt mitchell matt mitchell was just saying the swamp rabbits just run and then they'll swim and, and, and then they'll jack yeah but like typically they'll run a loop Okay. Um, yeah. But the dogs keep them moving and, until they, like, the, the, you're basically standing there waiting on the dogs to bring them back around. Oh, yeah. okay. But okay. now you're shooting towards a dog. Like, it, it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you think about the skill involved in that, too. Well, the first place we went was, like, where we thought we were going to s- kill some squirrels, and we happened to see some rabbits. Well, then, like, we end up, we we saw some squirrels, didn't get a shot, like, heard a bunch of squirrels. We're trying to, like, track them down. And so we're like, well, this place is a bummer. We found some, like, some interesting stuff for for deer season that we're pretty excited about but uh so he's like let's go to this other spot like there's there's definitely a ton of rabbits there and we go there and we go to park and there's another truck there and he's like oh that person's running dogs and we get out and like as soon as we got out of the truck this little puppy with like a garmin collar comes up and he's like <laughs> and we hear we hear the guy going hey pup hey pup and then we hear his collar going beep 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 like calling him yeah. back in and he's just like hanging out with me and phil <laughs> by the truck and it's funny and then phil's like go go and it wouldn't and so then it followed us 
we get up to the guys and he's like, what are y'all doing? And we're like, uh, he goes squirrel hunting. We were like, yeah. Cause we figured if we said rabbit hunting, he'd be like, Oh, we're rabbit hunting right here. So we're like, we're squirrel hunting. And he's like, okay, you guys need some dogs. And we're like, yeah, that'd be helpful. So then we start walking. We walk probably a half mile and all three of his dogs walked right behind us the entire time. And he's beeping and screaming at him. <laughs> and I looked at Phil. I was like, you guys need some dogs. Those are really helping him out a lot. Yeah. Tracking yeah. me and Phil. And then we got back to where we wanted to actually squirrel hunt. And like one of the dogs is just like sitting down next to me and Phil collar just beep, 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 beep. They're screaming. What time did you get out there? Uh, we got out to the first place at probably, it's an hour behind where we go. So I think it's like nine their time. Um, and then we got to that place at probably like 11. Um, I feel like midday squirrel hunting's not as good. We, I mean, I had one, uh, Phil was telling me like, you can't shoot into a nest or like a squirrel nest. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's illegal. Um, and there was one that was like just outside of the nest. And I went to ask Phil like, Hey, I see a squirrel. And he responds with shoot it. And it like, I didn't, I didn't get to like shoot it fast enough. Cause I was going to ask like how far away from the nest does it have to be before I can shoot it? And the answer is like any amount, as long as it's not like in the nest and you're shooting blind into a nest. The, you don't really want to do that anyways. Cause they won't always fall out. Oh yeah. That's a, like a, you just kill them in their nest. You yeah. could. Yeah. yeah. My, my dad's got some funny story. My dad grew up like, that's what he did. Squatting, yeah. and he's got some funny stories of shooting massive fox squirrels and then uh-huh. them sticking in the fork of trees. Oh, and yeah. Oh. yeah. sucks. And then you're just trying to shoot it out. Shoot just the limb. <laughs> you're just blasting. Yeah, blasting the squirrel. Oh, so. man. Yeah, well, the that one ended up jumping into its nest, and just we tried to wait it out. We sat there, and it was just not moving. So then we – That's what – like the – I tip, I mean, this is my experience. This could be totally wrong for somebody else, but like – after 10.30, it gets pretty – just think about when you go deer hunting. Yeah. Daylight until about 10.30 is just Squirrel City. Then the woods usually get quiet. Yeah. And then, like, that two hours before dusk, yeah. you know, they or before uh, – yeah, dusk, uh, it gets it gets pretty active again. Yeah. He was also saying they, they hibernate. And, like, the quick temperature drop, he said, can also, like, cause them to, like, stop activity. Be like, oh, crap, it's time to hibernate. And that could have slowed things down, but – I don't know. You come up with all kinds of excuses when you're not killing stuff, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, it could have been that. But you should then, have uh, told the squirrels you were deer hunting. Yeah, that's yeah. always the trick, dude. Deer, deer. Yeah, we saw rabbits when we were squirrel hunting and then vice versa. So, uh, And then we, we scouted this new field uh, for, for deer season that it's kind of like a swampy area and Phil like had suspicion about it. And like we found big rubs everywhere and then we found cattails in the middle of the field, which apparently... We find cattails. You find like big swamp donkeys, and we found like a bunch of bedding. And um, it's like a 200, 200 yards across this field, and the cattails are like in the middle. So we're thinking it's probably a gun season. I've never heard or, that about cattails. What, what's the correlation? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, because they grow in swampy areas, yeah. and big bucks like getting in those swampy areas. To Is that the only thing? Down and out. It's just like it's like a heavy brush, and it's like good cover, and all this. Like that's what Phil was saying. So I mean, uh, I've seen cattails that aren't in heavy brush though. Like, right, like around a pond or yeah. something. You mean, but this is like it's it's like in a field. Um, so. so it's probably like a flood flooding area, and they've grown there. Yeah, yeah, we were walking around the whole time and like walking on ice. So like it was it was right. definitely so. Swampy. If anybody knows the truth about the cattails when they log this, uh, looking at 
any I'm trying to think some of the guys that hunt down in like Mississippi or something might know. Well, Parker would definitely know too. Yeah, Parker. But it's like I think it's it's not just cattails obviously. It's yeah, like yeah. we right, found rubs, we found bedding and it was in the middle of a field, good wind. Um and so our goal is to try to like I'm going to go out out of season and take my drone up, which is legal in Indiana. Um and like take some pictures of the field and of the dead woods like when there's no trees and try to see like where he or she or whatever it is is going in and out. And then we'll probably set up in September in bow season um, over that, trying to catch them coming in or out uh, because it's 100 yards to the middle of that field. And, if I mean, they could walk out a million different directions. So we're, it's either going to be a gun spot if that doesn't work out or we're going to find where they're traveling and try to get over that. So. You know what I realized this weekend? My I have not gotten a trail cam pick in like a month and, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm now like, oh, I wonder if my camera's gone. Because it had yeah. – the battery could have died because I didn't have uh, lithiums in it. But Well, so I've kind of had a similar experience and haven't been getting as many pictures. I was getting consistent pictures of that one good buck that kept going by my camera. And then it was like mid-January, he's he's changed his pattern. I don't yeah. know where he went. But, he's, but he's moving you know, somewhere else. I, I Hopefully s- he's not dead. I set mine to do to send me a photo at the next time interval, though. So I should have mm-hmm. gotten an empty field shot, and I didn't. So my camera's either stolen or dead. Um, oh, that's I, cool. It yeah, does that. Yeah, so I, I have not had a photo in since my birthday, Aww. which we won't say when that is because I don't want to dox myself. <laughs> uh, but but the uh, it's been a bit. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm, I, this is like the ever, you know, I went back out there to hunt that one day and, and my blind had been moved. I'm like, I think this is actually the wind moving at this time. Cause it's back in the same corner. Yeah. Or was um, it? Or was it? Or well, they, they've they definitely, like I mean, they've, they've definitely tried. I mean, I have them on camera with guns and they literally them dragging my blind out into the middle of the field. But, uh, maybe they were helping you last time. Like this is a better spot you for you. They should sit up <laughs> out in the middle of this field. Uh, that would never smoke a deer. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to go over there. And now with this literal, what we have like less than 72 hours to leave for Gaos now. So I don't think I'm going to be going over there anytime soon. Yeah. I've had a couple cameras out at my bumpies and have not, I, I got a couple, I think like three does on one that was just like super hot. We'd have like 40 pictures of deer, uh, on that, like during season and stuff. And then I put one that over that spot where I thought the turkeys were roosting mm-hmm. and I didn't have, I left it there for like 10 days. I didn't have anything. So mm. I moved it to a different spot. Um, for a turkey, th- you're, you're trying to find turkeys. Yeah. Is there water coming through? Uh huh. Is that where you set the camera up? Yeah. Like when we were deer hunting, you, I heard them go man, up. I tell you what the, like finding turkeys on camera is, it's almost like you just got to go. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm going to have people log this and say I'm stupid, but I have had cameras running for turkeys, and it seems like like I I don't think turkeys take this dedicated path like deer do mm-hmm. from just from running cameras. From, like you you may you may have them coming through right behind that thing, or, or like they, yeah. they, 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 you may have set up there because you saw turkey tracks, mm-hmm. and then they never come back through there. It, it, they seem to like just kind of go wherever. Huh. And and I think they are pretty stupid, so I don't see them even like following the same trail in and out like deer do every day. Huh. Uh, I noticed on my cameras, I had a camera that was on a field edge, and I would get a lot of turkeys on that field edge. But trying to do a game trail, they yeah. come out like all kinds of different areas. I'd love to see if anybody else, if anybody listens to this and logs, I'd love to hear that too. If it, if I'm right, but from what I've seen running, now they'll come through a field. 
uh, consistently. I've had that, but like coming out of it, if you're if you're monitoring like just a game trail like you yeah. do with deer, you may not be getting turkeys. Do they have like a huge home range? Like what is their? Do they travel a lot? It, they turkeys will move around season to season uh like you that, may where you saw them in the fall may yeah. not be where they're at in the spring Just but they don't food yeah but they don't move as much as like if you got them on a property and they're they're roosting and this is my experience i'm not a good turkey hunter i'm i'm you know i've killed a few but like nothing like the guys on go well but i've just noticed uh finding the water is a good place to start yeah. looking for them uh generally on my properties that I've hunted where they roost one year is going to be a pretty good spot for them the next year. Like mm. they'll be back there. Mm. I've hunted the same ridge line. You know, I, we had eight gobblers there last year, mm. uh, down the same ridge line along the water's edge. Um, they, they do seem to be pretty active there throughout the year, but they do, they'll, they'll run, they'll, they'll go out and come back to that spot though. Unlike a deer who may be gone for three days, like turkeys are generally going to come back to where they're roosting. That's what like a lot of the, like you two, like the hunting public guys, like they spend days like calling and finding where they are. And then they will basically wait till dark listening to where they roost. And then the next morning it's like they're hunting, but a lot of time what they're doing is just trying to locate them for a couple of days. And then they find where they roost. And the next morning it's like, okay, they're going to go, they roost here and they're obviously going to go eat over our bet is they're going to go eat over here. So we're going to set ourselves up here, do a little calling and they don't always go the same side to eat though. Like yeah. that's the, like I, I, I've seen that firsthand Yeah, where I hunt is really tough because there's a closer field that they can go to off the water, but they come to my side. Like, I, I mean, I killed a turkey coming off there yeah. one time. We killed one there last year with Kevin uh, Chittam from Michigan. He came down and we hunted that one, that those birds were roosting down on that Creek, but they go to that other, that's the, the, the crap. Is that the calling? Is that cause, is it cause you're calling them in like and changing their behavior? Yeah, I'm trying to pull them uphill uh, away from that other field. So there's 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 yeah. water, and then naturally with most farm setup, or the way most farms are cut, you got water, woods, and then farm. Yeah. So they can go either way. Yeah. They don't go religiously one way or another. Huh. And well, that turkeys makes them easy to hunt. Then t- think about this: tur- <laughs> turkeys will favor too. They're very skittish, so if they see something that they don't like, they're gonna yeah. go the other way. Right. I mean, the, like the slightest thing can send a turkey to the direction for the day. Yeah. It changed their whole yeah. pattern. Yeah. I mean, they're scared of literally everything because everything in the woods wants to eat one. Yeah. You know, possums when they're little, like the getting into the eggs, the, you got coyotes after them. Yeah. People. Yeah. They, they basically spend their entire lives running from everything. So. And that was on public that you all were hunting that too, right? No, it was private. Oh, that's private. Okay. I've never hunted turkeys on public. Okay. Um, but just, I've spent a lot of time watching them. So I'm just, I'm just yeah. saying what I've learned about them. Somebody else may log this and say yeah. I'm wrong. And that's, well, probably it's different accurate. all over the country. That's the biggest thing is yeah, like, the Easterns are very tough to hunt. Like yeah. you hear about the guys out West talking about them cause they aren't pursued as heavily and yeah. it's just a different bird. I think the Easterns from, and I've only hunted Easterns, but supposedly the hardest bird to hunt. And even like state by state Eastern. So yeah. like if you hunt one like down in Georgia or Alabama yeah. or Tennessee, like it's different, like mountain turkeys versus normal turkeys. But they're a lot like, tougher to call in from, from, from distance. So yeah. I, I was talking to Tony about that and like it is harder to get a Eastern to cover distance. Huh. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so Stupid birds. Welcome yeah. to uh, the addiction of turkey hunting. You hear them gobbling, you think it's going to happen. I had one sitting behind me last year. I, I was like, this is it. He's, he stepped back there, but he had a hen with him. They were henned up for a, a lot longer, like deep into the season. That one that Tony called in yeah. was, was uh, henned up. It's just that Tony's a lot better at calling than I am. 
Yeah. This bird, I had it at 50 yards. I sat there for an hour and a half, and I basically ran out of time. to Like, I had to go home. I, I think my wife was working or something. Yeah, he went like, out. <laughs> I finally, like, just stood up. I'm like, all right, he's back here. I hate to do this, but, like, I got to go. Yeah. And I stood up, and he, he left. Mm. After, like, an hour and a half of going back and forth. Yeah. I had one last year, probably about 75 yards, maybe less. He gobbled back and forth. At, oh. 100, 200 times, maybe 150. Back and forth, back and forth. Never came up. Yeah. Never saw it. But that's what makes it so fun to see. But like, like the whole yeah. time, my heart's like, oh, God, oh, God. Yeah. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. See, I, like, I hit a point. Like, I got real excited yeah. when he came up because I thought he had left. He he was going, uh, I'm sitting here looking at the field where we shot Godzilla. Same spot. Godzilla. And um, behind me, I hear this bird. And it's turkey season's always funny, too, because I, I got there in the dark, and I couldn't remember how much foliage was behind me. Because you know, <laughs> typically in turkey season, you're you're going, you start hunting when it's dead, and then all like two weeks later, it all is crazy green, right? Mm. So I was like, I can't even remember what's behind me. Can he see me? So I didn't move. I mean, I did not move for an hour and a half. I sat there with a diaphragm, and I might have been working a box call in my hands, but I was terrified this thing was going to be able to see me. And then finally, like. 30 minutes ago, maybe before I left, I kind of like slowly did the slow three minute turn, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was all foliage. He could have never seen me anyways. So <laughs> I sat there like perfectly still for nothing. So, and so is there like in almost every situation, is there something like some call you could make that would be the right call that would bring them in? Is there sometimes where it's like, there's just flat out nothing you can do? Like you said, Tony's a better caller. So you think that's why he brought him in, but like. Is that really what it is? Like, he, yeah, there's always something to say. And, and most people will do what Eric was saying is just keep yelping back and forth. Like, yeah. that's what most people go to is the yelp. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but Tony was interesting because he, he, I think he did a fighting purr mm. that got finally got that bird interested enough. Okay. Um, but there, there's all kinds of different yeah. scenarios. You just really have to, to like be really good at it. Like, Tony, you have to. You're, you're speaking a language. Right. The, all those calls mean something. Yeah. And sometimes the same call can mean different things in different scenarios. Like right. So, like, you literally have to understand what that bird's headspace is, like, what he's thinking, yeah. and try to give something that would be interesting. Or you can try to call the – like, if you do a fighting purr, um, you know, you, you might be able to get the hen to come down. Like, there's all these different yeah. – you know, pull the hen down, and then maybe the tom will come. So, so yeah. when you watch a guy like Tony working through it, I mean, it took him an hour to pull that – that big bird down just um, cycling through stuff He's cycling through different. yeah yeah and and he was never frustrated he you know yeah. worked it a long time but what was funny and i probably told this story uh, uh, at some point on a podcast but th- we had gobzilla up here which ended up being a 25 pound gobbler tony said it was the third largest bird he's killed uh, guided to in 380 birds it was a big bird yeah it was huge and tasted uh, good too yeah so so <laughs> then we had he would come down and uh, or start to uh, well no flip this we had two or three other gobblers that would come up and they would be like you said we had them probably to fifty yards mm-hmm. and couldn't see them but you could hear them over the hill and they're, they're scratching you can hear them coming and then he would Godzilla would just like gobble 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 and he, he it was the raspiest turkey I've ever heard <laughs> and they would run off you would literally hear them take off this would happen. Over and over and over again. I had, had three times that they would start to come up, and we're like, okay, it's time to shoot a bird. And we didn't know how big he was yet. But Tony, when he finally started spitting and drumming, we knew he was at least 100 yards away. And that's when Tony was like, dude, you don't hear a turkey spitting and drumming from 100 yards away unless it's massive. He said that is a big bird before we could even see it. And then when he started coming, like 
he like he he he's coming through the brush and it's like a block out the sun moment you know in 300 when the arrows block <laughs> out the sky it is like you're like holy crap this thing has to be massive to be able to like take up as much space and, and you know then he finally got him down and when he started coming five minutes he was dead i would know? have missed it all that and i would have <laughs> well missed the kevin shot. kevin was yeah. very nervous about missing the shot all right uh this was a fun little chat but we got a little bit of work to do on gayo so yes we do um if you're coming up there booth 412 um other thing we wanted to mention is that we and i think we're going to be officially announcing this this week so you probably already heard about it if you're on the platform we finally launched a, a buy sell trade trail in go wild people have kind of been putting this together on their own they throw it into different different areas and um for now it, it's totally free i don't know if we'll ever monetize it and you know try to charge for it or not uh this is just something we thought would be good for people to be able to do on the platform and make it a little bit easier to to offload gear um you know so so we we uh there's there's no listing fee there's no but we also don't manage anything so don't be stupid you know go uh don't be sending like a, a western union over to some guy in africa to send you yeah. a you know be yeah. smart do your, due diligence. Uh, do your own due diligence treat it like you would any other gear gear sale gear, gear trade um go out is zero percent liable for whatever happens through your direct messages uh, which we've tried to make clear. I don't. I don't want to see people get scammed. But naturally, when you open up a place where this stuff, gear trades can happen, this is a little bit at risk. So I just put that out there. People should use their own common sense, like you would do Facebook Marketplace or anything, right? So, uh, but I'm excited about it because I've already seen some good stuff coming through, and mm-hmm. people are yeah. people are offloading stuff uh, already. So, so, and we haven't even really announced it yet. I think mm-hmm. we did no. one push notification. So, um, check that out. Come up to Gayos. What else? Am I forgetting anything? Oh, I always try to. People have asked a couple times, so I always try to remind people. Erica Johnson. We've got Braden Ware here, Jacob Knight, and I'm Brad Luttrell. If you guys want to log the show on to Go Wild, hit that plus sign, log time, go to Outdoor Podcast, and you'll see this show right here. And you can tell us, you can answer all the questions we've posed. I hope you took notes. Uh, I want to see <laughs> every single question answered. Uh, I want to know about the, what, what, and I've already forgotten what the questions were. So hopefully you all paid more attention than I did. <laughs> Do you might remember something about, about squirrels turkeys. and turkeys and yeah. the you know. turkey patterning. Do they? Yeah, do they that, drop? yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So, all right, if you got squirrel hunting tips or turkey tips, uh, log them on the the notes. Anything else? Uh, if you're coming to Gayos, wear your Go Wild oh, shirt yeah, yeah. for a free gift, and it's a good one. We're also good having one. a rifle giveaway. Oh and yeah, a rifle <clears throat> giveaway. Remington yeah, tell us about that real quick. You got one minute. Yeah, so it's uh, we partnered with Primary Arms. We've got a Remington 700 308 um, optics and some other. Some Under Armour gear, pretty yeah. cool. Yep. And Sasquatch. Mm. So, Braden's going to be Sasquatch. I'm <laughs> not I, giving him away, I, though. I'm going to get in the Sasquatch costume. I've already decided. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Everything has a price. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, y'all. Log the show. See, See you. Ya.